Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for February 25th, 2024. It is the second Sunday of Lent. Let's join in our call to worship. God welcomes the dreamers and the doubters, the courageous and the fearful, the hungry and the hopeful, the impatient and the reserved. God welcomes the young and the old, the poets and the prophets, the faithful and the tired, the curious and the convicted. Wherever you are on your journey, wherever your boat is at sea, there is room for all to gather here. This is God's house. Let us worship the one whom even the seas obey.
holy God, there are days when the wind is loud. There are days when the rain tears through the trees and the storms of life beg for our attention. So just as you stilled the wind and the sea, still our wandering hearts. Quiet our restless minds. Reach out your hand to us and pull us into your word so that we might hear, really hear, your message to us today. With one foot out of the boat, we pray. Amen. Precious Lord, take is from the new book by Kate Bowler, Have a Beautiful, Terrible Day. It is a blessing for when anxiety rises. God, it doesn't seem possible to align my anxious self to your word that says to me, do not be anxious about anything, because I'm already stewing. I'm a worrier, and you already know that. So here we are, and here I am, being what I am. God, open your heart to mine and pour in your peace. Let your mind flow into these scattered thoughts that seem to want to cling to worries and coalesce like metal filings to a magnet. I need your spirit to bless me with a calm that isn't mine to create. Bless all my stubbornness and allow me to wonderfully just give up for a moment, to stop fighting my own needs and concerns. 
And if I can barely do it, bless even the trying to try. For that's roughly all I'm able to do, and I smile to think that even this pleases you. Bless my will to will that anxiety be lifted away. That when worries rise, I can say to them, Go on, keep rising all the way to God who can handle this. I'll pray them up, 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 and away. Amen. We are continuing with this message, Rescue Me from Danger. It is the second in the series that we are following, called Wandering Heart, Figuring Out Faith with Peter. Our scripture is Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking towards them on the lake. But when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. One day in 1986, two fishermen and amateur archaeologists named Moshe and Yuval Lufen were poking around the Sea of Galilee. It was a time of severe drought, and they were hoping to find some artifacts in the mudflats exposed as the sea dried up. As they were exploring, they noticed something very unusual poking out of the mud. They notified archaeologists from the Israel Antiquities Authority, who in turn spent 12 days carefully clearing away the mud until they unearthed this, a first-century flat-bottomed fishing boat. Working day and night for fear the water would rise again, the scientists very carefully wrapped the boat in fiberglass and foam and floated it to a safe location. Nicknamed the Jesus Boat, it was then kept in a protective wax bath for 12 years until it was ready to be displayed in the Yigal Alon Museum in Israel. Now, there is no evidence that this boat had anything to do with Jesus or any of the apostles, but it does give us an idea of what a first century boat would have looked like. It is 27 feet long by seven and a half feet wide, 
and made mostly of cedar, although ten different kinds of wood have been detected in its construction. So either there was a shortage of wood or the boat had been repaired many times with whatever kind of wood was available. I have marked off a space in the aisle at church that would be roughly the same size and shape. It would give us an idea of how big a fishing boat would have been in Jesus' day. Contemporary paintings show such boats with four men at the oars and one at the rudder. A ship like this one would have also been equipped with a sail. This is the kind of boat Simon Peter was in as they sailed across that little stormy body of water. It was not a good time for that little band of disciples. Just a short time before they had received the news that John the Baptist had been beheaded. Jesus' cousin, their friend, the firebrand preacher and baptizer had been murdered at Herod's command. And when Jesus had tried to withdraw from there to grieve John's death, he couldn't do it. The crowds followed him and they would not leave him alone. So he had compassion for them, healing them. And when the disciples tried to get Jesus to dismiss the crowd of thousands so that they could find something to eat, Jesus instead fed them with a few fish and barley loaves. Then Jesus sent the disciples on ahead while he dismissed the crowds. Now, we have all had someone say to us, go on ahead, I'll catch up with you. But I bet that most of the time when that happened, you were on land. There was at least a way, by car perhaps or on foot, that others could catch up with you. The disciples were not having that kind of experience. The wind and waves were against them. They could not control the boat well enough to keep it close to the shore so they could pick up Jesus as he happened along. No, they had struggled against the stormy sea all night until by morning they were far from shore. But what really scared them was towards morning when they looked out to see something walking toward them on the water. And their first thought was that it was a ghost. Now, I can't really say that I blame them too much. It had stormed all night. They were tired. They were probably superstitious like many ancient people were. Even today, in our enlightened and scientific age, some people are still convinced they see and hear the unexplained. So, sure, a ghost. Why not? It just goes to show you what we believe influences what we see. Because oddly enough, although the disciples had seen Jesus cure the incurable and cast out demons, although they had been in the boat with him when he had calmed the seas, although they had just witnessed Jesus feed 5,000 souls with a few fish and barley loaves, they weren't quite sure that Jesus could really walk on water. I mean, who does that? Who does that? Well, Simon Peter thought he could walk on water. Or maybe he didn't really, and he just blurted out the first thing he thought of. And it was completely unnecessary. 
Jesus had already told them that it was he, do not be afraid. But maybe to prove that this was Jesus and not a ghost, Peter called out, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, come. And Peter climbed out of the boat and took a few steps. And then he sank just like the rock he was. But he did one thing right. He called out to Jesus. He cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter and pulled him up just in time. Now, I have read a bunch of sermons about this story. Some, to quote Nadia Boltz-Weber, sound like the little disciple who almost could. As if Peter really could keep walking on water if he just said, I think I can, I think I can, enough which she admits sounds inspiring on the surface. But actually, that sort of thing just leads to our misconception that we don't actually need Jesus at all, that we can do all things through our own faith. But that rubs up against the fact that, yes, we do have limits, and yes, we do need Jesus. Down deep, this is a story about fear. Peter and the other disciples were afraid. John has just been beheaded. They are alone without Jesus in a boat at sea during a storm. Then they see something that resembles their worst nightmare walking toward them on the water. Finally, Peter steps out on his own shaky faith and is horrified to find himself in danger of drowning. But this is also a story about Jesus, and this is where it can also be a story about us. As Nadia Bowles-Weber puts it, sometimes the winds are against us and life is terrifying. Sometimes we forget what God has done. Sometimes we do not hear it when Jesus says, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Sometimes we assume the worst, we look for ghosts and not for God. Sometimes we sink in the stormy waters of our own mistakes and miscalculations, and sometimes, sometimes at the very last minute, we have the faith it takes to just call out, Lord, save us. And every time that happens, every time we cry out for help, the Lord reaches out his hand and catches us. There's not some kind of deductible of self-reliance you have to meet before your spiritual benefits kick in. You can be downright wasteful with your prayers for help, because God never tires of pulling us out of the graves we dig ourselves never tires of being our help and our salvation, never tires of walking towards us in a storm. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, there are days that threaten to swallow us, days when the storms of life feel too big. In those moments, we often cling to the sides of our ships in fear, spending more energy hiding from storms than looking for you. Forgive us for doubting ourselves. Forgive us for doubting you. 
Rescue us from the storms of today and from the fears that trap us. With hope in our hearts, we pray. Amen. Join in our affirmation of faith. I believe in a God who moves towards me when storms rage. I believe in a God who invites me to be brave. I believe in a God whom the wind and waves obey. I believe in a God who knows my name. I believe in a God of love. I am not afraid. Amen.
When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. Receive the benediction. Beloved wanderer, as you leave this place, may you carry your curious heart on your sleeve. May you look for God in every face. May you find the courage to get out of the boat, to run to the tomb, and to speak of your faith. And when the world falls apart, may you hear God's voice deep within, saying, Take heart, it is I. Be not afraid. You are called. You are blessed. In both your ups and your downs, you always belong to God. Go now in peace. Go trusting that good news. Amen.